What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Good Wolf Project. This is your host, Jerry Scarlato, and today's conversation is with Sherman Perryman. Sherman is the host of the Militant Grind podcast. He's also a health and fitness coach, someone who's helped many people change their lives for the better. And you're going to really enjoy this conversation because we talk about Sherman's upbringing and how his life living in L.A., where there's plenty of gangs and plenty of temptations to get into a gang, how he overcome the temptation and how those gang members today still push him to become his best self and still make sure to protect him so that he stays out of the gang and keeps himself moving in a in a trajectory that is helping people and not hurting people. It's a great conversation. You're really going to appreciate it. Make sure you enjoy, like, and subscribe. Here is Sherman Perryman. Sherman Perryman, what is up, brother? How are you today? I'm amazing, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. So I was on your podcast, The Militant Grind, and I was curious whenever I reached out to you what the mil what what the militant grind meant where the where mm -hmm. the name come from um honestly man i really cannot recall where the name came from <laughs> i feel like that. <laughs> yeah because like usually when i had like plenty businesses like all kind of businesses right and i came up with a lot of creative names but this time you know when since i'm doing a personal brand I was like, okay, I need to think about something that really resonates with me and who I am, you know? So it couldn't be anything that could attract people. It was more so like something that, you know, that I'm about. And so I started just thinking about the type of person that I am and what I talk about and um, how I was raised. And I was raised very, very militant. Like people have been telling me this my entire life. Like if you've seen how my childhood operated versus like a typical kid, you would be like, okay, yeah, this is this is totally Makes different. Mm -hmm. But then I couldn't run away from it, you know. So I was like, okay. And then the, you know, I've always been a hard worker and a grinder and somebody that hustled, you know, entrepreneur and things like that. So then I was like, okay, I need to combine the two. And then that's where militant grinders popped in my mind. And it's so it's the funny thing about it is that usually when I create a business, I look I, I look at the domain name first to see if it's available. Yeah, you know, because I thought because like you could come up with the best idea, but then when it comes to a domain, you don't want to be like dot info or dot org or some you know, random, yeah, yeah, something random or like you know you're spelling it different. And you know when I consult with people, I have to tell them like make sure the domain name is is available first. That's because everybody's gonna look for dot com when they try to resource you, uh, source you out, right? Mm -hmm. So then when I looked it up, I was like, what militantgrind.com is available? Wow, that's like, surprising. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Right. It's very surprising because, you know, usually I'll be like the militant grind, the militant grind, right? Militantgrind.io. It was like, wow, militantgrind.com is available. This must be like, uh, you know, a, that's a sign call. from the heavens, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then I was like, all right, this is what I'm a rock with. And then people that I grew up with, once they heard about the name, because I have like many focus groups around uh, my, you know, my friends and family and people that I grew up with. And once they heard it, that was like, yeah, this is it. This is this is you, you know. Nice. So then I was like, okay, I'm a I'm a rock with it. But yeah, that's how it came about, man. <laughs> Just kind of popped <laughs> in and and it fit. Well, that yeah. worked out well. So tell me. So you said your childhood was very militant. What did that What did that look like? What 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 makes you define it as militant? 
Well, my dad is an army veteran and mm. he was actually deployed in Germany for a while. And he was from South Central, you know, so from the from the hood in L.A. Mm -hmm. So he is a very, you know, tough person, you know, like what somebody called like an a-hole. And he had three sons. Like I was born in 86, my other brother 87, my other brother 88. And wow. I guess the way he expressed his love was like, I want my sons to be like upstanding citizens and, and men, you know? So a, a man that's coming out of the army, he's he's a very trained individual. And so now he has an opportunity to train his offspring in the same kind of way. So, you know, Saturday mornings, it wasn't waking up, you know, eating cereal, watching no cartoons, Looney Tunes in the playing morning. video games. Hell no, <laughs> no. I mean, it was like, get up and before you even eat, you're outside and you're working and you're eating at one o'clock. You know, it was like a, a crazy type of discipline. Like say I re we remodeled the house so many times. Like I know how to paint, I know how to put down towel, I know how to put down a hardwood floor. I could change your tire. You know, I, I know how to check the spark plugs. I know how to do almost anything, you know, and it's crazy because a lot of people wouldn't assume that, but I'm like, nah, I really could, I could do it because I grew up doing it, but I do hate it at the same time. So you grew yeah, up man, doing it. it was, yeah yeah it was like we never hired a gardener you know ever like that we had a, a lawnmower and we were cutting the grass weed whacker you know doing digging up trenches all kind of stuff man so yeah it was it was very very different we didn't eat certain foods um chicken turkey fish you know we didn't eat out it was just like a, a strict very strict regimen i mean some things could have been different but then it's like Hey, I can't change, you know, what made me, you know, I'm definitely no doing things a little different than he did, but then it was like, I can't, you know, Hey, it is what I got, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you found the things that work for you and obviously there was something that stuck the militant grind, you mm -hmm. know, stuck with you. So mm -hmm. you, you decided on the things that worked well, and then you decided on the things that didn't work well, and you took the things right. that did and you, and you used them. And obviously they panned out for you because they help you become the person that you are, become the man that you are mm -hmm. and, you know, grow the business that you've grown because without discipline to do so, you can't, you know, you and I both know without the discipline to follow through with your word every day and do the actions that are, that need to be done in order to you know, get the things done to grow a business and to show up every day. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, now we see how it all panned out and how it all paid off. You know, my brother is a, my brother that was a year younger than me. He's a Sergeant first class in the U S army. You know, his rank is crazy for how long he'd been in there. You know, when I tell people his rank and they're just like, what? Wow. But while he was going through basic training, you know, some people were giving up. He was like, this is this not to say it wasn't nothing, but it was like based off of how we grew up, he grew was up, able yeah. to get through it with no problem, you know, and he said, yeah, he's he's pretty high up there. Like he has soldiers under him, you know, all of that. And then my other brother, he owns a barbershop. He owned one of the biggest barbershops in the city before the age of 30 and employed like 15 people just about. You know, wow. and usually we don't see barbershop owners that's that young, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And he went in there, he repaired it himself. He cut the concrete so he could fix a pipe himself. And, you know, the stuff that he did, the transformation he did was kind of like, wow, you know, like 
he learned that as a child and he was able to um to use that for his business you know we were in there painting we were knocking stuff down you know because it looked totally different now versus like how it was when he first got the location yeah yeah that's that's so, pretty cool yeah right. yeah so it's like say you know you could look back and you could regret some of the things that you went through but then it's like i'm kind of like done with that i'm more so like i'm embracing all of it and i have to use it as a tool for something you know oh definitely yeah mm -hmm. i mean i think when you spend too much time i think anybody probably could spend time worrying about or thinking about or complaining about the things that didn't go the way they wanted to go when they mm -hmm. were a kid and when they were growing up right i mean you could spend right. anybody i would i would imagine could find something to complain about or find something that th just wasn't you know well i'm you know i'm this way because xyz happened when i was a kid you know and it's right it's, maybe it's true that it happened but it's up to you like you're deciding to let it still control you 10 years mm -hmm. down the road, 20 years down the road, whatever, like you're making that choice. So you, you decide to either take the good stuff with you and deal with the stuff that, you know, didn't go the way that you maybe wanted it to go. Of course, as a kid, mm -hmm. you can't, what can you really control? You, you're basically living the life that your parents want you to live at the time. So right. unless you're like a super, <laughs> introspective kid who can look and, and reflect as a 12 or 13 year old and, and think about how it's helping you, which most 12, 13 year olds don't think that way. Right. You know, just once you get to be adult, you got to go, man, I, there's, of course there's things that didn't go well, but there's plenty of things that did and it's up for you to decide which ones you want to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm learning that now as an adult, because, you know, childhood traumas and things that people do, do affect you, you know, but then it's like, well, he was very hard. Like I have a lot of dark memories from dealing with a person like that. Cause you know, they don't have much compassion, mm -mm. you know, for children when they're a militant person, you know, it's like, fuck the love, you know, it's like more so yep. discipline work, you know, let's go. But then me, I'm more so like a balance. And I figured that the balance with uh, me as a father using that with my children, it works out very well. So they don't really like have any resistance when it comes to me because I show them that I love them, but I'm also hard on them at the same time. You know, like I will come in, I will give them a kiss, give them a hug, good night. But if I say do something, they're going to, you know, they still have the fear that daddy could, you know, rule with an iron fist. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's a, it's, it's a healthy balance. But then I feel like in those times, um, men probably thought that they couldn't be vulnerable in that kind of way to be effective, you know, but now I'm learning like, wow, it's when you know you do show when you do have that balance with your children yeah well especially you know in the military and i don't know if it's it's probably the same now it might be a little different but like mm -hmm. in the military of course you're you know it's tough like you're they're all tough guys they're all they scream and yell right. and they you know that's 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 who whoever screams and yells the most is the one who rules the roost and that's the way that it is and again unless unless that person also has a compassionate side to them already through their childhood or you know they somehow build that in them like that's mm -hmm. what's that's what they're going to bring to their personal life as well is my guess is my guess so yeah you know that's that's 
just something that you have to be able to like at some point one one of the people in the relationship has to be able to look at it and go okay this is the way that it is and i can't take things personally too much i have to be able to pull out the good and use the good and then build what i believe is going to be helpful as a father so that i can raise my kids what the way that i believe is going to be an effective way yeah yeah and you're totally right about that because and then another thing like say when i do to talk to like friends that do have parents that were in the military, we have almost a similar upbringing. Mm. You know, it's always, it's, it's the same thing. You know, they're very tough. They're hard on you. There's no, not really much compassion. So that was the culture back then. But when you're ingrained in that culture, you know, for four or five years or whatever, it's kind of hard to break out when you become a civilian, you know, especially when you're raising people to be the best. So, you know, and then there's a lot of other things about my dad like that I've learned about him. And I was like, oh, damn, that's, you know, it makes sense why he's acting the way he acts. Yeah, maybe you know, the way so. he grew up or maybe the way he was raised, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, my yeah. grandfather was also in the Navy and he was, you know, a big guy from Texas. You know, like say I have a, a sweater from my uh, from my grandfather's uh, high school, right? And I think he graduated high school in 19... 19- 56 mm-hmm. and the sweater is huge like i could barely i can't even put it on now and yeah. people say that i'm a big guy but when people said i'm a big guy i don't really take it that serious because i'm like man my grandfather was you know he was big until he died at 75 you know mm-hmm. but yeah it's just, uh, so i was just like okay yeah i could see him being kind of you know ruling with an iron fist back then too and he did you know so when you come from when you come with a level of understanding, you tend to be a little bit more ease, you know, once you start to learn people, learn people's habits, learn like why they do what they do and tend to understand them. But I do not um, let that be an excuse for uh, any type of like mental or physical abuse. So like I could understand, but that doesn't mean I have to accept certain habits that you know you have that could affect me you know so say i have certain boundaries you know but i still yes i do understand because a lot of people they will say you know you're supposed to understand it or this person went through this no mind you know but that doesn't mean that i have to keep accepting jabs that doesn't mean that i could still allow this person to you know mess with me right so you know like yeah because i often tell people like i understand but that doesn't mean i have to accept it Mm mm-hmm those are two totally different things yep no you're definitely right about that Mm -hmm. but it's interesting you're what you're talking about the i just had an interview with derek johnson from um fit with derek and he he was talking about how generationally his family was either they were either alcoholics or addicts like at night they'd they'd they become, you know, they become that person, but during the day they would show a different person. They'd show this, you know, enlightened person or, you know, well zipped up person. And that was a generational thing until he decided to cut that tie and not pull that to the next generation to him. So what it sounds like for you is you're, you're doing the same thing, except not with addiction. You're doing it with that militant demeanor. You know, your, your grandpa potentially was a militant person who ruled with an iron fist. Your dad was the same way, but you're deciding to use part of it, but only the part that, that 
shows that you mean business. Like this is important, but then you're yeah. also pulling in this other part that you're being compassionate about it at the same time so that the kids are safe. They feel safe. They know they, mm -hmm. that you love them. They know you care about them, but they also know that you want what's best for them and that you're going to, whenever it's time to be serious and you want them to do something, it's, it's time to do it. So it sounds like you're yeah. also like cutting that generational uh, tie, if you will, from mm -hmm. that iron fist ruling. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny because I was doing research on my family and my grandfather told me that he was named after his uncle, like say I'm the third Sherman. Right. And so my grandfather, uh, he told me that his uncle name was Sherman. That's who his dad named him after. Then I'm on ancestry.com and I'm looking up my name and my family history. And the first Sherman was born in 1899. Wow. <laughs> the first Sherman period. Yeah. And I saw his World War One draft card. Like he actually went to World War One. You know, that's, that's cool. who I was named after. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up figuring out that I had an ancestor. I was in the American Revolutionary War. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was like, I feel like this is this stuff is kind of like in my DNA. Like, say, if I go somewhere and I'm just standing and, you know, present, people either mm -hmm. think I'm a security guard or I was in the military. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been in the military, but yeah. that's just an assumption based off of my demeanor. You demeanor, know? yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I get that. I actually had somebody. Uh, this was right around the time I, I shaved my head from time to time and I was at the airport and I had my, my pack on uh, my book mm -hmm. sack on and I had my head shaved and I'm sitting there and I stand, we probably stand the same. I stand nice and straight mm -hmm. and we were getting in line to get on the airplane and I'm trying to let this lady go in front of me. And she's like, no, you go ahead and go. You're, you're, you're in the military. And I looked at her and I was like, I, I wish I was that brave. I was not in the military. I was like, I appreciate it. <laughs> But I, I was not that brave to go in the military. So yeah, uh, that's that's funny that you I can definitely see that, you know, just the way that you sit, that your your posture is probably the same. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get that all the time. Like I like say I was at the club. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm wearing um, a gold chain and I have on like a Versace jacket, you know, and I don't look like I'm and I'm just, you know, say I'm wearing all black, though. I'm wearing mm -hmm. boots and I'm just standing there and people are like, um, do you know how to get to? And I'm like, I'm not security. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. about me looks like I'm a security guard, but then they weren't really like, you know, some people will look at you and they'll just take whatever they see. They don't, they're not really like detailed, but they just took, oh, he's wearing black. He's standing straight. And he's like looking pretty serious. Oh, he must be security. And I'm like, man, you don't see the way I'm dressed. Like, why would I? You know, and that, that's, that's, that was kind of funny, though. But then I was like, hey, what do you expect? You know, this is what it is. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so you've been in coach. How long have you been in coaching, Sherm? Uh, just a few months, actually. Really? But yeah, let somebody, I mean, I like say when it's like, bonafide like yeah but then i've always been coaching people but i just didn't know that i was a coach you know so yeah <laughs> fair. like say it was like say you know like um i gave an example on a previous podcast where um i was like okay so i do taxes right i do taxes i've been doing that for 14 years and some people they'll be like no i want to do taxes with you in person and i'm like okay you know whatever i can knock it out you know, virtually pretty ease, but then they want to see me and they want to talk to me about certain issues or certain thoughts that they have, like just to get my feedback, 
you know, and it was kind of weird to me because I'm like doing taxes and I'm having these personal conversations that have nothing to, to about do with taxes. Stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's just like I started to think about I'm like, you know, what are you really known for? You know, like what how do people look at you? You know, like and it's so funny because when I started this uh, business, I feel like the amount of support that I've got from my circle of influence has been like nothing I've ever done. You know, I'm talking about people are like, this is perfect for you. Keep going. Any like say when I was sick and I was just like, cause you know, you, you tend to have these thoughts in your mind. Like you go back and forth about things and I'm just getting random texts. Like, Hey man, I love what you're doing. Keep, keep going. Like, this is, this is wonderful, man. You know? And it's just, and then just to see the type of responses that I'm getting just for like, you know, the only like a couple months that I've been doing this has been crazy, you know, mm -hmm. but then I've also known that when we do something that we're supposed to do, it's like it, you're kind of like on the fast track and you're and you don't have much resistance as if you were doing something that wasn't really in alignment with you. So That's when good. you do things with them. Who you are, it's like the universe is like, all right, all right, go. Here, here's this. Here, take this, take this, take that. You know, I'm getting interviews with people that's like, I'm like, wow, I can't even, you know, like, I don't even know if this really would have happened with anything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think, I think a lot of people take that for granted because a big thing now, I will say a big thing now is like, is being an entrepreneur. And I don't believe necessarily that everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. And when I, I guess when I say that, is a business owner, meaning like employees, layers of, you know, layers of things that you need to do, holding mm. a bunch of hats in your hand. Like, I don't believe a lot of people are meant to do that. However, there's a very good potential for people to fulfill a solopreneur kind of avenue where they get out on their own and they do something like this. They go start a podcast or they go start an Instagram account where they are focusing solely on something that they just enjoy something that they that they like a lot and they enjoy a lot and they do very passionate content about it and they talk to people who mm -hmm. i don't know who are in the industry and they you know they make things about it and mm -hmm. they end up actually making a life out of it that can sustain them and it's something that they actually enjoy and what you notice is that it's actually exactly what you're saying like you don't feel that resistance you don't feel right. that like pressure that's like oh i gotta i gotta grind through this i gotta push through it it's not like it's always easy it's not like it's always like oh fluffy like i work for myself great i do what i love great this is easy like that's not it's not always the case there's tough times it's hard sometimes there's things you gotta do that aren't fun but mm -hmm. at the end of the day like when you're in flow state and you're talking like you and i are sitting here talking We'll sit here when you, we were on your podcast, we went through almost an hour and a half podcast and it felt like it was 10 minutes long because we yeah. were just sitting there, you know, jamming back and forth about stuff. And it just felt like, man, but it's hard for someone to understand how this is what we do. Like this is, mm -hmm. this is what we do. This is what helps us grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, and you're absolutely right about that because, um, you know, I say it's hard for some people to host and be a guest on a podcast. Like it's hard to carry a conversation consistently for that long and just be focused into it, you know? But then just going back to uh, you speaking about being an entrepreneur, I feel like that's more so uh, a tainted type of 
thing. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And it's more so like, I don't want to work. I want to work for myself mm -hmm. because I don't, you know, it's like, nah, you really have to, you know, you have to be super locked in. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur and you don't like your job now, just know that you're going to work twice as hard and not make as much money for at least yeah. two years. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not, you know, I was up till uh, midnight one night working on my YouTube thumbnails and um, it's funny because I said it to my guy, Nico, I was like, Nico, what do you think about this? He was like, ah, I don't like it. And da, 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 da. I'm like, man, I was up for hours doing this. Mm -hmm. And then I changed all of my thumbnails. The next thing you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it again. Change them all. Then I worked with Nico. And he was like, I was like, damn, I, I understand what he's saying. You know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna lower my pride and I'm gonna say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna do it this way. And then I changed them all again. And I'm talking about at least like 30, 35 thumbnails, you know? So it took, yeah. it took me hours. You know, I hated it, but then it was like, this is just a part of the process. You know, it's, it's also growing, learning more, you know, saying, getting feedback from people. So right now I'm trying to pick out a new logo and I have like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, having little focus groups or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's a lot tougher than what people think. And, you know, it's like, you really have to be, you know, well-rounded. And I think you mentioned before, you have to wear a lot of hats. You know, so someone I was actually on a uh, podcast with an attorney and I told her like, oh, yeah, I have my insurance license. Oh, yeah, I, I do taxes. Oh, yeah, I, I know how to do this and I know how to do that. But I built up these skills because I didn't have money to pay people for them at a time. So I had to do it myself and I had to learn myself, you know, but then while you're learning, you have to know that you're going to mess up and it's a muscle. You know, like my friend told me he's a he's he writes a scripts and stuff in Hollywood. And he was like, you know, I know how to do it because I've been doing it for a long time. Like I've been pumping that muscle, you know? And so yeah. one, one advice that I did get from someone that were like, you know, just be guests. Talk to people. You're gonna end up getting a flow. Like you, you know, you're, you're gonna know how to talk. You're gonna listen to yourself. You're gonna be like, oh, okay. That was a good point. Maybe I should do it this way or that way. You know, but a lot of times people get into things and they don't understand that they have to grow that muscle, you know, like, and another thing, right? So my background is sales. So me being a salesperson, we learn techniques on how to talk to people, you know, and the psychology of communication. So my cousin also has a podcast and he was a car salesman and I have my real estate license. I used to be a car salesman, right? So he was like, the reason why it's like this for us is because our background is sales. Like when you're a salesperson, you learn how to talk to all different types of people from all walks of life. And so I was like, oh, that's why, you know, it makes sense. But somebody who's like, you know, worked at a desk or as an accountant and, you know, they're just typing words all day. How are they ever going to start a podcast? Mm -hmm. You know, so like it's not got like you yeah. didn't have to talk to people like you don't know how to talk to people from the Midwest or from the South or learn accents or you know, mm -hmm. talk to somebody that you never met. You know, I had to, I did loans too. So I had to talk to people from all over the country and, you know, develop a relationship with them over the phone. So yeah, man, it's like a lot of skill. And I also feel that with that being said, if someone does want to be an entrepreneur, they should be one with the skill set that they've been building, you know, that, you know, for a few years and it kind of like just seems natural to them and that'll give them a less barrier of resistance. You know, like say if I'm a 
if I was a plumber or landscaper, how the hell am I going to start a podcast? Like, I barely know how to use a computer. You know, I barely know how to really like, I don't have to type emails and do follow-ups and things like that, you know? So I'll probably be like, oh, well, maybe you should do, I don't know, architecture or something, something within that wheelhouse. So you won't have to take, you know, so many years to learn this, develop this new skill. You can, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I love like the analogy of the muscle that you used. I think what people, it's funny. So I, this, this is a long story that I'm going to try and compress. I mm -hmm. uh, closed a business slash handed over a business a couple months ago. It's a long story how that actually works, mm -hmm. but I had to close it in, in order to basically let somebody else take it over. So I closed it down. They took it over and uh, it was a fitness studio I had for 10 years. I don't know if we actually got to talk about this on your podcast at all. I had a fitness studio for 10 years called Thrivology and how I got to closing it down. That's another, again, another story for another day, but mm -hmm. had to close it down. Didn't have to chose to close it down, handed it over to somebody else. And they, they took it over. It was actually one of the members who had been a member since the very beginning of it. So mm -hmm. when I told him I was going to, I was thinking about closing it. He's like, well, I'd like to be able to take it over. I'm like, well, that'd be great. So him and his son are running it now. Well, a month into running it, he, I get this random text from him. And this is a guy who's ran a, who's ran a business before he owned a, a, a trophy business. They manufacture trophies and it's a pretty big mm -hmm. business here in, in the Cincinnati area. And mm -hmm. he texts me randomly and he's like, Jerry, I just want you to know with all the stuff that's going on at this place, I, I don't know how you did what you did with, with this place. I don't know how you were the one that did, you know, that had all these hats and did all these things. Now, that's not, I'm not saying that I did a bunch of things, meaning like I had a team and the team did a ton. I like one of them is sitting mm -hmm. behind the camera right now. And she here, she's grateful enough to still be able to help me, but she still works at the gym too. Like they did a ton. We had three coaches, we had Jana. So we had a team and they did a lot, but still mm -hmm. with everything that they were doing, there was still a bunch that I had to do. And it was not like sit there and look pretty right? It's, it's, a, it's a problem solving stuff. Like, right. like you're talking about, like, a lot of our stuff was ran off technology. So when technology goes down, you got to figure out how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And if you're the kind of person like you said, who is in lawn care, and you want to go over to this other area of work or start a business in this other area that requires technology, but you're not good with technology, you better real quick learn how to fix technology whenever it goes down because it's going to go down. You know this, right. like right. working with cameras on the podcast, cameras and mm -hmm. audio and the computer and it's not working and, you know, you, you have to figure it out. So, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's I don't want to say simple things, but it's stuff like that that people don't think about. Like, I'm going to go start a business. Cool. But you have to realize that really you're creating about 10 jobs for yourself is what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Seriously. Yeah. You know, hooking up the mics, like, you know, the lighting and all that. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a learned skill. But then also I made mistakes and I was like, oh man, like I said, I recorded a whole podcast. Then I watched, it, I was like, damn, that doesn't look right, but I still have to put it out. So, okay. Next thing you know, I'm going to adjust this. Like, I mean, you could probably see right now that my background looks totally different than, you know, when we had our podcast, mm -hmm. you know, so 
I had to like, okay, I need to change this. Okay, this has to be darker. Okay, let me do this. Let me, you know, just all of these different things, you know? So yeah, it is, it's always a work in progress, man, you know? And then it's like also just working with what you have is sometimes like all you could do. Like, you know, things aren't going to be perfect when you first start. Yeah. You know, like that's one Rarely. thing I have learned about like show business is that, man, you'll be surprised at some of like, you know, besides the set, like outside of the set, you're in like a garage or you're in like a, you know, something that looks like a dungeon, but they make this area that people could see look very, very nice, you know? because mm -hmm. that's 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 the only thing that's being recorded other than that it's like whatever you know what i mean so it's like really being creative is one of the biggest things too you have to be super creative when you're an entrepreneur so that's why i coined the term when people ask me like what are i'll be like you know i'm just start telling them i'm a creative entrepreneur like I, you know that's that's one of the Good. things that i am yeah yeah most definitely and i think mm -hmm. you know a lot of people look at that and they go well i'm not a creative person and well, first of all, if you're telling yourself you're not a creative person, it's going to decrease the likelihood that you build any creativity. You are a creative person. It's just a matter of where you're creative right now, right? It's right. not necessarily like that you have to be this artistic person that can like paint things or put colors together. Like that's what I think a lot of people think about when they think creative. Not that mm -hmm. it's something that you shouldn't build, because again, as an entrepreneur, there's probably going to be a time like you're talking about where you're going to have to build your own website or you're going to have to oh, yeah. make your own design or you're going to have to make your own thumbnails. Like you're going to have to do that for a while. And mm -hmm. until you get to the point where you don't have to do that anymore, you better build that ability. Like it's not, it's not as simple as like, I'm a personal trainer, so I'm going to go start, you know, my own business, my own studio. And that's going to be that. Mm -hmm. What are the other things that are going to come along with it? But I think another thing that's, that's important here. Uh, you were talking about building the muscle. The one thing that people don't look at when they talk, when they think about personal development, this is kind of like where I'm kind of like shifting a little bit here, but when they talk, when they think about personal development, what a lot of people don't appreciate is that you as a human being are the thing that makes your life. Mm -hmm. And people look at like reading books, working out, problem solving, learning to do different things as a pain, instead of as the skills and abilities that make you. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a saying that if you took all the money in the world, and you distributed it evenly amongst everybody, that eventually, over time, it would end up in all the same hands, it would right. end up in every all the same hands that currently have it. But it's not because they're thieves. It's not because they're going to go steal it from everybody. It's because they have the skills and abilities to build the money, to quote unquote, attract the money to them. They have the skills and abilities, whereas everybody else who currently doesn't have a real strong financial backing on themselves, they don't have those skills and abilities. They either blow mm -hmm. the money. They're too busy consuming. They're bus too busy trying to buy things with it. They just don't know how to keep it or hang on to it or grow it or make it more. So like having skills and abilities and building skills and abilities is what life is about. Like that's what makes you. And that's, that's what brings your value to the world. And I don't think people appreciate that enough. Right. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think they do at all. Cause it's more so it's, it's like, everybody's on the fast track, you know, I like say for me, I do a lot of research, reading, 
you know, research and development is one thing that like a lot of people, you know, have to start doing because I, I have noticed that when I do give some people criticism on their business or how they should operate, you know, they kind of take it personal, you know, but then it's like, I, once I do, you know, see that I'm like, okay, they're not going to last that long, mm. you know, since like, oh, well, you know, it's like, I mean, I understand you just got to take the criticism and you have to just keep going or, or they'll, you know, start a big argument with me, you know, like say, and then later on in time, they end up seeing like, okay, you know, this person was right. This, you know, now I, now I get why they were telling me this. You know, but then I'm like, man, unfortunately, you know, it had to get to that point. But it's like in business, you often have to recreate and reinvent yourself in order to stay ahead of the curve, you know, and it's not like a personal thing. It's, you know, it's more so you're doing this to acquire clientele. You know, you're not doing this just so you could look good for people, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like that's the that's the difference. It's more so like a lot of things are egotistical now. You know, so I'm not sure if you checked out uh, Nico, but Nico's a pretty harsh, you know, guy. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's full of fluff. So he's looking at some of my stuff and he's telling me things. And I'm like, you know, I'm listening. I'm like, man, if this was somebody else, they'll probably take it personal or have mm -hmm. excuses or whatever. And, you know, I was like, what do you think about this? He was like, do you really like that? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's why I'm asking you. But then it's like, <laughs> you know, but then he kind of, you know, he gave me a perspective. I was like, oh, okay, now I see. And I changed up everything, you know, based off of that one person's input. But you have to, like, really lower your ego when it comes to running a business or else you're not going to be successful. That's why companies pay millions of dollars just for feedback. You know, how, like, I used to work for a company um, that did research, right, for Bank of America and certain other companies, right? So all we would do all day was call Bank of America clients and do a survey. That's all we did mm -hmm. over the phone the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so they're really paying this company this much money just to, you know, have people calling, you know, because it was contract. I mean, they were paying me, you know, but then they were always like, they have to pay all of these people. And we basically like made our own schedules. Like we could come in, we could work how many ever hours we wanted. You know what I mean? Whatever, you know, so it was it was pretty cool. But I was just like, wow, this is crazy. But that was that worth it in the end? I mean, I guess so. The company's still standing. Yeah. You know, they, mean, probably, they probably they probably fixed some things that people had issues with. Like the majority of people have the, these issues based off of this, this uh, these interviews. So we need to go in and we need to fix some things up. So how do you get someone to start putting their guard down? um honestly i have no idea i feel like you you know like i'll just say they you just have to tell them what's up and then later on it's probably gonna hit them you know like that's really that's really what it's about like i often see a lot of businesses that i've worked with that did not listen to me and now they're not in business anymore but i promise you if they listen to me and listen to my advice they'll still be in business. Like there's businesses that have listened to my advice that are, that's thriving, you know, but that's, Hey, they, they learn, you know, they sat there and they listen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I am going to look at that. But when it's more so like a, you know, you're a solopreneur or whatever, you know what I mean? You kind of, you know, oh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do it my way, you know, but it's not about you. It's about the people you're here to serve the people. 
not serve your own ego and serve yourself. So that's where that's where the difference is. Because some people do what I do and they be like, well, I don't know how you do it. It's, it's like because I know how to deal with people, you know, like you kind of got to talk to people a certain kind of way. You have to understand people a certain kind of way. Some people are going to take this personal. You have to be willing to diffuse situations, you know. So when you're working with the public, you have to have a certain type of temperament and just know that some people aren't going to be satisfied. Some people aren't going to be this is that, and a third. But as long as you lay out the intentions first and have them agree to it like a contract, which all the companies do, they can't say anything once they agree to what you, you know, the contract or however you guys were going to do business, you know, like, what can they say? Like, they can't say, oh, well, you sign no, it's there in the contract. That's why you have to sign contracts with people. You know, that's another thing. But then you also have to lay out all of the intentions up front, mm-hmm. you know, so say, I'm not sure. I think you probably know, going to know who I'm talking about, but there was this one guy who, um, who had a package, right? And he was like, yeah, we're going to build a funnel out. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I asked him like, hey, you know, once you get the deposit, when are you, when are you, you know, because this is what you have in this advertisement. Oh, don't worry about that. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, hold on. This is what you said. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I am. If somebody's going to pay you, you have to tell me when, when is this going to be produced? But then I learned that a lot of people weren't satisfied because, you know, the guy charges thousands of dollars and he just sends you like a screenshot on how to post every day you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and have like an hour consultation Mm -hmm. and so it was like you know he said you can make money doing what he does but he never told you what he was gonna do so it's like hey you know that's that's really what it is you know because i honestly if i would have paid as much money as some people paid i would have been pissed off Mm -hmm. because i'm expecting like if i'm paying thousands of dollars i want to take almost a 40 hour course you know like Mm -hmm. i want to i want some one-on-one time i want you to look at my stuff and say hey why don't you do this change this this that and the third but the only thing people were seeing was that oh this guy makes a lot of money he's going to show me the way and i can make that much money too but then it's like the way that guy makes his money and what he uses his tools you don't have those tools Mm -hmm. and number one you're also not him you know everybody cannot pay him and make money as a coach. Like it's not going to work. Like you're not, you don't have that person's story. You don't have that person's screen presence. You don't have anything that that person has, you know, like he's, Mm -hmm. he's posting every day, you know, all night talking, shitting the camera. And if you're not willing to do that, then it ain't for you. But then there's also people that become like, you know, uses his swag and things like that become miniature versions of him. And you can kind of see the inauthenticity. You know what I mean? Like one mm-hmm. thing that I liked about you, man, I was going to comment on it, but I was pretty busy. I was like, okay, this dude is in Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's in Kentucky and he actually picked up a log and he's working with, and he's walking with the log. I think you were walking with it or doing some type of yeah. movement with it. Throw, and I was like, over my shoulder a bunch, yeah. throw, walk up and down a hill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I'm like, that sounds like something a person from Kentucky would be doing, <laughs> you know, somebody that lives in the woods, somebody yeah. that, you know, it was like, I love that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That was like, man, I felt really authentic. Mm-hmm. It felt authentic. But if you were like, okay, I'm from Kentucky 
and I'm riding in a Lamborghini driving around. It's like, no, bro, come wait on, Wait a man. second, like, wait a second. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, we you, know. You should be driving know. a big Ford F-350 with tires on it. That's what you should be driving. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like you're not gonna be in a Rolls Royce driving around in Kentucky. If you have mm-hmm. like a you know a um a, a high is it called high country Silverado? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah if so. you had that, you know, nice rims driving around ATVs, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. But I started to notice about myself is that I really don't care who people are or what they where they're from or what they do. I just want people to be authentically them. And that's what I love. You know, you could be as long as you're yourself. I really, I really could care less. You know what I mean? Like, there's no. I never lived in. Like, I'm from Los Angeles. You know, one of the the, the most international city in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I know if you see me, like, bro, where are you gonna get a log from? You know, like this isn't. <laughs> I don't know. You like you have should... trees in Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's not gonna happen. Yeah. But then it's like I had to people... order this from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know, I got a tumbleweed in front of my door right now. I don't know how that happened, but then it's like, <laughs> you know, funny. like that's that's the thing. Like we have to be. I feel like that's where the disconnect is. It's like it's not authentic. Like say for me, right? Um, I had a logo, and the guy was like, "Yeah, man, I don't know how this is you." Like I had a kettlebell in my logo, right? And the guy was like, "I mean, do you even work out with kettlebells?" I'm like, "Never." I never worked out with kettlebells. Like, that's not my thing. He was like, well, why is this in your logo? And I was like, oh, man, you know, that's that's true. Because like we talked about on my podcast, everybody has a different style of fitness. You know, like there's it's not just about weights. Like it's also what kind of weights, how you work out. You know, this is and the third. Like everybody has their different style, you know, and nobody's necessarily wrong. You know what I mean? They're just moving weight like that's what it is you're just creating resistance you know some guys like to use the bands some people want to use the cables most of the time some guys like to do you know squats with just the you know the the weight and they're just going down you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and Mm -hmm. that's cool for them you know like i saw a friend doing that the other day and i was like i'll never do that but i just like the fact that he's moving you know like it is what it is but then it's like okay now it's you know, who is, who's really who, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that are, you know, creating these personas, but then it's like, we could also read energy and we could tell that this isn't authentically you. Like there's something a little off about it, you know, that we could, we see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've learned that like, you know, and it's, it screams on the camera, man. Like I was, it was funny. Cause I thought that, uh, so one night I was like, you know, I'm gonna just start doing think pieces, right? I'm gonna just write out some things that I'm I could say. Like I written it down, like I typed it up. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna record it, right? And so I went to my guy's house and he had a cool setup. And you know, we I was like, okay, I'm about to do it. And he was in his room because he was it was also like a high rise apartment and. I, you know, I like the the scenery and all that. And so he's heard me talking on the camera and he was like, man, it seems like you reading something, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, man, this ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not, it's not, nah. Cause it's like, and I then when it. I listened to it, I was like, nah. So this is what we can do. I'm going to have my camera on and I just want you to just, you know, we're just going to have a conversation. So he will ask me a question and then I'll respond back to him but I'm just going off the top of my head and 
you know, doing that, I was like, oh shit, this is, this is really like, I hit a couple good points on this. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, it was, yeah, I like it, it just I worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just worked. And I was like, oh my God, like it had, like, it has to be, if it's not real, you know, cause I'm not an actor. So, but then the actor also was like, you know, they practice their into it and they, you know, right. they have different methods on right. how they get into it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then it was just like, wow, man, like you could really feel the inauthenticity when it's not there. No doubt. I can totally resonate with that. Back in, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone assumes, not everyone, but like anybody I talk to assumes that like, you know, I was a jock in high school, played football, ran track, played basketball mm-hmm. for a little bit, played football in college. And mostly that stereotype is like, stuck up snobby doesn't you know doesn't really talk to anybody else picks on the band kids like that kind of person yeah a lot of people assume that about me because of that and so like one of the things that i always like in high school and i think about this and i don't know where this came from actually i do i grew up in baton rouge i don't know if we talked about that i grew up in baton rouge and in baton rouge i went to a school where i was the minority like Mm -hmm. i was a minority so I guess I grew up in a place where it's like everyone just accepted each other. Like, this is just who we are. So when I moved to, at the time was Fort Thomas, Kentucky, which if you've ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights, like it's basically mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights of, of Northern Kentucky. It's, it's football and it's uh, mostly a bunch of white kids and white families and so on and so forth. And I moved there and it was a culture shock to me because it's a bunch of white kids. And I'm like, this is weird. Like I'm I'm not used yeah. to this. So, <laughs> yeah, it was weird to me. And I'm like, so anyway, like going through high school and stuff, I never judged anybody on like what they did. Like if they were in the band, cool, you're in the band. I'm cool. I can jive with you. And I had groups of friends over here and they were the potheads. And I had groups of friends over here and they were the sports kids. And I had groups of friends over here and they were the car guys. The only thing that ever bothered me was the person who tried too hard. <laughs> right yeah no seriously like yeah. the person who tries too hard they're mm-hmm. like trying real hard to be cool and you just want to shake them and go dude chill like right just chill dude just be you like it's no big right. deal like everyone's we're still gonna like you just be you <laughs> take a deep breath right and that's the only thing that killed me about people when they tried like tried too hard and mm-hmm. it's like okay it's okay if you're not like this athletic person or you're this car guy over here but like just be the person that you are and that's okay and that's actually what people are going to be attracted to it's not this forced demeanor that you're trying to like show to the world that is clearly not real yeah not nah, bro i have you know i went to a, a hb historically black college and it was all male school i went to morehouse in atlanta right and so it was just funny how you know, because black back then, black men were conceived as being like tough, you know, gangster or whatever, blase, blah. You know what I'm saying? Especially, Especially from L.A. Men. Yeah, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right back. Yeah. L.A., right? So say I'm from Carson, my best friend's from Compton, and we grew up together, right? So um, we're chilling, right? And we're, we're at school, and this guy was like, yeah, I'm from Compton. And we were like, oh, really? Okay, what part of Compton? Oh, well, you know, not really. I, I moved to, you know, Rancho Cucamonga or whatever. When I, and we were like, bro, come on, man. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But there were so many people that tried to make it seem like they were from, you know, like say uh, underserved communities or, you know, like just because they were from LA because they wanted to seem tough. And some of them are still doing it till this day. And like me and my, you know, partners laugh about it. It's like, man, like just let it go. Just be you. It is okay. You know, like you don't have to try to be this type of person. Like say one of my friends was like, yeah, I went to, uh, you know, our, our friend's house and his dad was in there playing classical music and drinking tea. And you know what I mean? It was like, you know, talking super proper, but you're trying to act like you're this type of person. Like if you go to my house and you meet my dad, you'll be like, okay, yeah, I could, you know, my dad is a real South central guy. You know what I mean? Like he's, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's kind of hood, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just crazy. It's like, bro, just be you. You know, like my uncle was a, my uncles were gangsters, you know, like, but then it was like more so like, I mean, they told me about the stuff, but it wasn't like they would be damned if I get into the stuff that they were into, like they would be pissed. Like nobody who was really about that life wants their offspring to get into that same type of lifestyle Mm -hmm. because they know what they went through. You know, like hearing your uncle talk about his best friend that got killed, you know, that pains him to this day isn't a cool thing you know like that's not a badge of honor you know what i mean or him having to be in the house because people trying to kill him all the time it's like you know i, I start to look at it like man it's like why do people need to do this mm-hmm. you know like a lot of, almost everybody a lot of people were inauthentic inauthentic and just tried to be something that they're not though at that at that school at that time like it was pretty pretty intense you know but for me, I was just like always myself and people felt that, you know, like, yeah, I'm with the school in the city. Yeah, I'm with the school kids from Compton, Watt, South Central. But, you know, I'm not really, you know what I'm saying? I'm like not on that type of time, though. Like, that's not who I was raised to be. You know, if I have to take something there to protect myself, I have to do what I have to do. But I'm not walking around like I'm a thug or anything like that. You know, like that wasn't. That wasn't a part of me. And I felt like that's probably why a lot of people connected with me and to me, because I've always been myself. You know, I like say I have a lot of friends that are thugs and I'm talking about like some of the most feared people in Los Angeles. I'm mm-hmm. talking like I wouldn't even take a picture with these people and post it on the Internet because I know it's going to have some slack. Well, known, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sherm, how's it going, man? Yeah, that's my boy, Sherm. And I have to keep these relationships private. Because I know how people will perceive them, you know, like I don't even want people to know I'm connected like that, but I'm able to be around these people because I'm authentically me. They know I'm not trying to be like them. They know I'm not like them. They know I'm not about that life. They know I wasn't in the gang. They know I'm, but they know I'm from there, you know, like I lived in the area and I know people, but it's like, you know, some people just want to say face but also know that like street guys they can read that you know because all they do is read people all day mm-hmm. you know but they can see it they can be like nah this person ain't you know he's doing too much or whatever you know so then at the end of the day i'm like man people will accept you for who you are no matter who you are you know what i mean like you don't have to act like you know whatever you know like just just be you and people will accept it like it's okay and i'm just glad that um you know i picked that up early on because there's a guy that just got out of prison that was r&b singer and you know he stayed at my house for a while just like for my roommate as a favor and he was like man bro like 
I really appreciate you because we came in here. You didn't judge us. You wasn't acting funny, you know, blase, blah, everything was cool. And I appreciate that. And he said that to me. That stuck with me for the rest of my, I don't even know this guy's name, but it stuck with me for like the rest of my life where it was like, man, you really just have to set people who for who they are and always be you, you know? Yeah, that's powerful, man. It's yeah. funny. What you said, Rancho Cucamonga, there a while back, and that I, I'm having like flashbacks of I forget which Friday it was, but it was either oh, next, Friday, next Friday. Friday, yeah, yeah. was that what it was? Next Friday mm -hmm. when he moved in with his uh aunt and uncle or something like that. I can't really remember. Those were those were some of my favorite yep. movies, by the way. Yeah, um, you know, and I got I know people from there, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, those were some of my favorite movies, most definitely. But mm -hmm. what do you think, what do you think kept you from, so like growing up in that area around people, some people who were pulled down, literally a gang path, some people who luckily enough, like you, who were able to keep themselves on a different path, like how do you keep yourself from getting pulled down, you know, the gang path where I'm assuming it could have been pretty easy for you to, to, oh, to go down that road. Yeah, well, all my friends were in games. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like some of my friends, I went to high school with some of the most treacherous gang members in the city, you know, like one of the most, I went to Crenshaw High School. You mm -hmm. know, you know who the rapper Nipsey Hussle is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the gang that he's from, I went to high school with all of them, you know, so mm -hmm. he didn't go to that high school though, but I went to high school with the same gang that he's from, right? Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, and it's like, say, if you're going to high school with them, like the whole school is almost that gang and then another gang it was just effortless you know like i could have said hey man because you know people were you know like it was a thing like they were giving you the gang handshakes and you weren't even from the gang but they were like man you you here though you know mm -hmm. but then for me um you know it was my uncle and my dad and my uncle also grew up in the area and he just like you know he just gave me the reality of it you know i feel like people really have to know what they're getting themselves into you know what i'm saying so it's like once they once they do that they have to um they gotta uh they have to make a decision you know yep. like you have to know like say before you get into this you have to know that it's gonna you know people might try to kill you you know you might go to jail you might have to go through all of these things and luckily you know well not luckily but my next door neighbor growing up he was always in and out of jail and so he will talk to us about the reality of him being in prison, you know? So I didn't, you know, it wasn't a nice thing. Like I never, you know, I had elders that would talk to me about different lifestyles and I'd be like, hell no. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to, you know, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Like my uncle will literally come to our house, sit me and my brothers in a room and talk about the stories that he went through, you know, back in South Central in the eighties where crack was rampant and, you know crime and violence and you know it was crazy back then like you couldn't even leave your water holes outside because yeah. a crackhead will steal it you know and they put the bars you have bars up on the windows people yeah. break into your house like it was crazy but then when you have somebody that will actually like talk to you about things like hey you know like because to him he'll be damned if anything happened to his nephews he will lose his mind so he took preventative action which is like talking to us about these things, you know, still to this day, my uncle will call me and talk to me for about an hour, you know, like, 
hey man what's going you know what's going on but that was his that was his thing so i had to give that up to like you know my elders people that i grew up with um you know that'll tell me like hey man no nah, this this isn't for you you know even if i was like to get angry or whatever right and so like say in la if you're growing up and you have friends that are from a gang and they like you and you know like say all of my friends if anything was to happen to you or you know about you and you weren't about that life they'll put their life on the line for you mm. you know like no no this isn't for you you stay like i remember a situation happened and one of my guys who was actually from the projects pulled up to my house so fast i'm talking about with a gun in his lap like what's up this ain't for y'all you know no i like this time i like to party like this but no nah, this ain't for y'all though you know, mm-hmm. this is my type of thing. You know what I mean? So it was just like, you know, with that being said, you kind of have to, you know, you just have to know, like, people will tell you, like, no, you're better than this. You know, you get, you, you actually, this ain't for you. Even still to this day, I'll get upset and talk to one of my friends. Man, you have to be bigger than that. You know, don't worry about small things. You know, I wow. actually had a conversation with a friend I grew up with. You know, I got into a heated argument with somebody and he was like, man, you a giant. You ain't supposed to be worried about stuff like this. But, you know, if it was to happen to him, who knows? He might gun him down or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, but then when it comes to me, it's like, nah, man, you ain't, you have to be, you know, this type of person that represents us and where we come from and the things that we had to deal with, you know? So Mm -hmm. then with that being said, I was like, man, I know my mission and I'm you know, because it's like, you know, just to be honestly honest with it, like, you know, some of my friends are on drugs, some of my friends in jail, you know, some of my friends, yeah, it's a, you know, dead, you know what I mean? Like I went to, within the past year and some change, I went to three different funerals, mm. you know, like where mm-hmm. people are, my friends are still dying from violence, mm. you know, like, and I'm not talking about like, people that i just know of like no we went on family vacations together we used to they slept at my house you know we were always together we hung out together every day you know like that that you know like it's not like oh i know of a guy like just a guy that i knew yeah yeah these are my real people so man it's just you know that's that's really the reality of it you know what i'm saying but then with that being said it's like i have to uh you know, it, it hurts, but then it's like you have to just be something greater and do greater things because of the things that these people went through, you know, and the things that a lot of people fall victim to that were good people, but they just fell victim to these different things. And that's probably like something that keeps me more so, um, you know, like focused and dedicated and, you know, things of that nature, man, because it's like, wow, I'm looking at this guy's obituary and you know, he couldn't even be a grandfather, you know, let alone some of them didn't even have kids, you know, like they left nothing behind and they're gone forever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough, but that's, that's one of my, my big whys, you know? Yeah. Well, it, you know, it sounds like on one hand, like the guys are, they're almost living vicariously through you by protecting you and making yeah. sure that you don't go down that path, you know? Mm-hmm. because maybe they don't believe that it's something that they can do, but they believe that that there's something better out there in the world and they see you trying to do it. So since you're already stepping out and you're already moving in that direction, they just take you and keep nudging you in that direction. They're not going to let you come, you know, 
live the life that they they think maybe they're stuck in you know what i mean yeah which, yeah which and i can pretty... only imagine how that feels i'm not saying that they should think any i don't i don't have any clue i cannot <laughs> you're right i don't have any clue i don't know how that yeah. feeling would even be like how easy would it be to get out of that life i don't i can't imagine it'd be easy it'd be tough you'd have to move away from the city you'd have to move maybe to a different state like you'd have to start over and that's yeah. a tough decision to make so they see you and they're like man you just gotta keep going you gotta keep yourself on a straight and narrow so you know that's to have that that kind of backing like you said on one sense it's like it's hard because because you know what kind of life they're living and you know the potential threats that they literally have to their life. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you can use that as like a guiding light to move you in a, in a direction that can actually potentially help younger kids like that to, to pull out of that, out of that lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it definitely is a lot of pressure, you know, like, like say um, after my friend's funeral, who I grew up with, who was actually like my brother's best friend, you know, my little brother's best friend got shot mm -hmm. and he, sur he survived, but then he ended up succumb succ uh, basically dying of his gunshot wounds. Like he was brain dead and then he just died. Right. So we're at the yeah. funeral and it's like, okay, who wants to speak? And you know, it's a tough time. And so I went up there and I spoke and after one of my uh close friends who you know we all grew up together basically so it was like everybody from the neighborhood or whatever she she cried like you know hugged me and cried and said thank you for being our strength like you always pull pull for us you know and she told me that and i my energy was drained from that from her just saying that to me you know it was like damn somebody really acknowledged like all of the pressures that i have to internally go through for you know my people for my community you know mm -hmm. what i mean and it was just like it like literally drained my energy away because mm -hmm. it just like took a lot of a lot out of me just to hear that you know because mm -hmm. it was like wow i didn't even think because even you know crazy because a couple years back the guy who passed away i spoke at his grandmother's funeral wow you know at the same exact funeral home Wow. I'm talking about like three, I have both of their obituary. And then after he was like, man, that was real day one stuff right there. You know, like basically like we day ones, you know, and next, you know, a couple of years later, his grandmother, he died and I'm speaking at his. And, you know, after I spoke at his grandmother's funeral, they were like, man, like, thank you for going up there and representing us. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's tough. Like some people don't like, man, did you, did you write that stuff down? Like, how did you even come up with that? And I'm like, no, man, I just went up there and talked, you know what I mean? But, you know, like it's a, that was actually like a really good question. Nobody ever asked me that, but um, yeah, man. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, I could go on and on about it, but yeah, man, that's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. Cause it's like, say I'm navigating through the world with people that you know i have to basically like meet new friends do business with people that you know that i don't really know like i'm going into a terrain where it's like totally different than what i was raised in mm -hmm. you know versus like say my children you know they're in an area where it's like they could do business with people you know who they're in elementary school with and stuff like that because they come from stable family households like say for my daughter she does not understand how somebody could have a baby and not be married you know mm. like she doesn't get it you know she's like what where's your where's her dad she doesn't have a dad what how's that but she lives in the area 
where she sees kids' dads every day. Mm-hmm. Like dads are at the parks with their kids. Like there's a group of dads. We're in the, we're all in a group chat, and we say, "Hey, we're about to take the kids to the park." Okay, you go to the park. It's dads with the kids. Moms are you know I don't know whatever you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. then it's just like wow, you know, like the friends that I just mentioned, their dads weren't in their life. You know, what not I'm around. Saying? Yeah, yeah, not around. So it's like you know. It's a different type of environment that I have to get used to, you know, and that could be kind of tough. <laughs> well, and again, going back to the generational thing and, I, you know, it's your dad was around, obviously, and it sounds like yeah. his dad was around. So it's not necessarily that that was happening, but like you, you're not going to put your kids in that situation to to even be able to go down that path. Right. You're 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 making a conscious choice to create a different kind of life for them and to not even put them in that scenario where they, mm. they don't have a father, they potentially are going to choose different schools for them. You know, you're trying to put them in a different environment and move, move your, your family lineage literally in a different direction, which, yeah, which is a very val like that's a valid thing to do to actually choose to like, I'm going to move my, I'm going to shift my lineage, right? You're trying to like, mm. That like that's hard to do because so many generations, generation after generation, has something that kind of like sticks around and maybe keeps that that family from actually becoming something different and actually you know shifting and moving outside of their their normal path. But when someone decides to cut the tie of the generation and actually move that family lineage into a different direction, like that's a that's a tough thing to do. Number one, but it's also like that's a valid thing to do. Yeah. And, and, and people have to also understand that that comes with the growing pains, you know, oh, yeah. like you have to go into a terrain where you don't even know what the hell is going oh, yeah. on. You don't know how people operate and talk. Like people talk different, people walk different. There's different conversations being had, you know, like it's, it's just totally different. And it took me a while, you know, but I, I, I pretty much got it down now. Like, I'm looking at myself and I'm listening to myself talk. I'm starting to talk different. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't cuss as much. Mm-hmm. I can't say reckless things. Like a lot of these guys are just like, they're totally different than the guys that I worked with. You know, like say if a fine woman was to, or well, grew up with a fine woman was to walk by, you know, it'll kind of be, I can't be like, damn, look at that butt. You know, mm-hmm. I can't go, ooh, look at her. Ooh, ooh. you mm-hmm. know, these guys out here, they don't care about stuff like that. Like they'll see a beautiful woman walk by and it's not like a, it's like, oh, okay, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I'm married. I'm dedicated to my wife. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but some guys will be like, damn, I would mm-hmm. like, you know, been married for 30 years and still, you know what I'm saying? It's just different. Yeah, though. You know, and it's, hey, you know what? It's funny because uh, I think I seen a picture of you um, in DC at the White House or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at your class. I was like, damn, there's a lot of black kids up mm-hmm. in this yeah, so I'm saying I was the minority, like in in my, yeah. in my younger years. Like, I grew up. I was in Baton Rouge until I was 13 years old, and I was a minority. Like that was a normal thing to me. And like, yeah, that was crazy. It kind of hit me. I was like, what's up with all these black kids in yeah. this class? What in the world is going on? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you if you ever find a middle school or high school picture of me, it's a bunch of white dudes. It's much different. <laughs> I tell yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm glad you acknowledge that, man, because I went through that growing up, too. Like, say, I was only Black, you know, being a minority, and then we moved to Carson, 
And, you know, the Carson, I was basically a mile away from Compton and a couple miles away from Watts. So now I'm going to school with the majority black kids. And I was like, damn, this is this is different, you know, mm-hmm. till I was like 10 or 11. But then I had to adjust. Like I had to learn a lot of different things, you know, like it was a whole different scenario. Like we weren't talking about gangs and, you know, things like that, bloods and crips and all of that. When I was at the other school, like I didn't even know what the hell that was. You know, but right. then when I moved around, like in the black community, I had to, okay, I had to pick up on a, a lot of things fast, you know? Yeah, well, it's funny you you mentioned that. It's, you know, I think we all grow up in our pockets, right? And we, unless you choose to like venture outside of that pocket and see different, mm-hmm. how different the environments are and how different cultures are, then mm-hmm. you you think when you see somebody make a decision that's not in your culture, you go, I don't know why in the world they would make that decision. So like a good example is um, like an NFL player who grew up in a poor family and then they get all this money in the NFL and then they go blow all the money. And someone mm-hmm. might go, well, I don't know why in the world they'd go blow all that money. Well, it's only because they grew up in an environment where they didn't have any money. So they got money and they're right. like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go blow all this money. So it's not that they're dumb. It's not that they're idiots. It's not anything like that. It's only like the environment that they grew up in. Didn't, you know, they didn't learn the skills and abilities to utilize the money and to, and unless you make a conscious decision to do that on either side, you can be on Mm -hmm. the other side where you grew up in a good family and, and you grow up, you know, uh, financially well off and so on and so forth. And you don't learn the skills to like overcome hardships. Like that's a skill. That's, right. that's a skill. Like that's something mm-hmm. that you, you've had to do a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, in whatever culture you're in, you can't look at another culture and judge it because they're making certain decisions. You have to be able to be in the context and go, Oh, okay. I, it makes sense. Doesn't mean it's okay. You know, maybe, right. maybe they want to figure out how can you, how can you improve it? Make it a little better, change it a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. You gotta be able to get like put your mind in the context somehow and go and and then make sense of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that blew their money. There's a lot of people that were like Uber successes that aren't anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But theirs are theirs are just public. You know, you know how many people, you know, became were millionaires and their business go bad and next thing you know, they don't have nothing, you know, like that that happens. It's just not mm-hmm. out there as much, but mm-hmm. a lot of people, they just, they're only in tune to what people tell them. You know, they mm-hmm. don't observe other people's lives, you know, like that could happen. Like, unless you're like a, a teacher or a police officer or like, you know, something where it's consistent and you could do that forever. You might have a bunch of changes, you know, like say, all oh, the company's going to move to Texas, all oh, the you know, they're asking me to relocate and I don't want to do it. So now I got to look for another job. Okay. I'm gonna look for another job, but I'm not going to have as much pay, you know, so that and now we have to decrease our lifestyle a little bit, you know, because some people that are rich, it's hard to keep that lifestyle up mm-hmm. very hard. You know, you have to, you know, you could be stressed out like, man, how am I going to find a job paying a mortgage of 7,000 a month? You know, mm-hmm. like that's not, that's not in existence. So it's like this has to work or something has to work where I have to make this amount of money or my family's going to be up shit creek, you know? So that's that's just really what it is because a lot of people that, you know, own these massive properties or whatever, you know, once they can't afford it, you know, they have to do something. Like even celebrities. Oh, the such and such is selling their home. Like you have no idea why, mm-hmm. but it's probably because they're broke now and they don't mm-hmm. have the opportunities that they've once had, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Sherm, we've been on here for another hour. Like, I think we're I'm pretty sure, like, by the end of <laughs> our... <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be jumping back and forth on our podcast for, for, for a while, yeah, which, yeah. I'm, which I'm all right with. Mm -hmm. um, one more question. What is one thing in the short time that you have been coaching? What's one thing that you've learned that, <clears throat> excuse me, what's one thing that you've learned for yourself that has helped you grow? So what's one thing that you've learned about yourself in the short time that you've been coaching people that has helped you grow personally? Um, maybe that I'm a different breed of mm. a person. That's probably. This I say, you know, you listen to the way I grew up, right? A lot of people didn't grow up like that. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't know what it takes to go as hard as you possibly can until you just can't know more, you know, but I was forced to do that. So I built up that calluses, you know? And so with that being said, I've learned that like, you know, everybody's not the same. Everybody's built different. And it's not that they're soft. It's not that they're, you know, weenies, not that they're suckers. It's like, no, that's just them. You know, like everyone is different. That doesn't mean that I'm better than them. That doesn't mean that they're worse than me. You know what I mean? So that's like the approach that I, I look at at life, at life now, you know? So say like a lot of people work out with me and they never work out again with me, but I'm like, because you were probably going too hard and they weren't used to that. Mm. You know, like say I work out with pro bodybuilder. If I showed you some of the people I work out with that I hang with, you'll probably be like, okay, I could see why, you know, this guy's the way he is. Like say mm. I'm, you know, I worked out with pros, multiple, multiple amount of them. People that have been to jail, I'm doing prison workouts and I'm hanging. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And they love that. They're like, man, this guy is, you know, I just put a video where I uh, deadlifted 400, 405, five times, mm -hmm. you know, fuck my back up, but I did it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, know but then feeling. it's like, I'm screwed yeah. up for a couple of days, but I got it done. <laughs> Oh man, I'm screwed up, man. I could barely, I could barely get out of bed the past couple of days, but you know, I'm just not that like, okay, I haven't done deadlifts in a in months. So when I did that, I was kind of surprised. I was very, very shocked because 405 used to be my max, you know, like my PR, but doing it five times, I was like, what? Like you really did this, you know? But then it's like, say, I can't say that I'm better with someone than someone else because they can't deadlift um you know 225 you know what i'm saying like it is what it is like that's really what it you know but then I, I started to think about that it's like okay maybe i have to be a little bit softer on certain individuals and everybody doesn't have that grit you know i talked to one of my close friends who's also a, a bodybuilder and we were just talking about like working with people and how you know the the uh what is it the receptive What's the word that starts with the R where you're trying to keep people in recidivism rate? What is it? Oh, um, God now damn. we're both drawing blanks. <laughs> you're, trying to, <laughs> you're trying to keep them as clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is yeah. that called? Yeah. Re uh, dude, I've only been yeah. in business for 10 years. I, <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect me to remember everything. No. Yeah, it's like the recid recidivism or something <laughs> yeah, like that, I, basically. It's like try to keep clients, right? But right, then right. Um, we were just talking about that. Retention but then also, 
Your retention rate, exactly. Retention rate. <laughs> We're talking about the retention rate. Yeah. So I was I was talking to him about it, and I was like, you know what, man, it takes an off individual to even work out, mm-hmm. you know, and be strong, and put yourself through that type of pain willingly every day. You have to be a little off. You know, like nobody's going to want to wake up and do this. You know what I'm saying? It's like your body is telling you that you're in pain, you know, but you just keep going. It's like, who could, who could really, you know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Like, look at how many people are in here that even have biceps or abs or a a chest. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go to the average gym, a lot of people aren't like, they don't look like they're strong. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not, I'm not even like, say I go to a gym and I'm like, man, people are staring at me, but I'm like, you know, you have to also think about how you look, you know, I'm sure you get it all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like say I'm, you can't hop on the stage right now, probably, you know, mm-hmm. but then if you go to the gym, people are asking you like, Hey man, how'd you, mm-hmm. how'd you get dog? How'd you, do you, do you get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, do you, you got but, a little more size than me, but yeah, no, I, I, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you do. But like, we both don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you know, it's like, man, you know, you have to understand that like what you're doing isn't, you know, something typical. Not, like you're a small percent. Yeah, it's not the norm. Like this is a small percentage of people, mm-hmm. very small percentage. Like we're in our late 30s. Mm-hmm. Like nobody in our late 30s is walking around looking like us. Like it's not happening. You know, so it's like I'm me knowing that I'm like, okay, I have to take it a little easy when it comes to people, you know, like it's gonna be very low retention rate. Because another one of my guys, like, hey man, how do you keep? And I'm like, to be honest, man, I'm not even really, you know, like it's like, I don't know. I'm like, man, if some people are, are with me, cool, but if not, hey man, it is what it is. But then a lot of people are more so. You know, they think that they could do it on their own. Like say one of my guys is like, I'll never hire a personal trainer. I'll I'll never do this. No. And I'm like, honestly, bro, I used to think the same thing until I started working with a trainer and it totally changed the way I was doing things. Yep. You know, I thought I knew what I was doing, you know, but then when I work with different trainers, talk to different trainers, talk to like the elite of the elite, I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I need to do now I need to do incline chest press. I'm weak there. Oh, now I need to do, you know, like all kind of different workouts that I've never known because my shoulders used to be shrunk in like this. It's like, damn, man, you have to start going harder on your shoulders because you're not blessed with, you know, big, broad shoulders. Mm -hmm. So now I'm learning different shoulder workouts, you know, how to where to place your hand. You know, that's a very different thing. How your how your arm is positioned. I'm like, I had no idea about any of this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, mind to muscle connection. I was like. I didn't even know what that was, you know, and that takes a, 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 a talent over years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even know that people lifted lightweight and, you know, just to make sure they get it up and then they squeezed contract, their muscle, right. mm-hmm. they contracted, you know what I'm saying? And I'm doing that. And I'm like, what? I'm getting worn out with this little weight, <laughs> but I'm contracting. I'm doing the pauses yeah. and it's like, you know, it's really doing something to the muscle. And I was like, I didn't even know this was possible. I thought you just go in there and you lift know what heavy I mean? weights. Right. Yeah. You just lift heavy weights. And it's like, nah, man, it's it's totally dead. But then I learned that through working with trainers, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, it, you know, 
That's why I'm not like too hard on. I'm like, man, whoever want to work with me, cool. But then you have to have like different things going on. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like it's hard for like some people to get in shape and then they'll just. I'm sure you know you'll see them. You know, after a couple months and be like, damn, what happened? Uh, you were just you were just motivated. You were good. I was proud mm-hmm. of you. Now mm-hmm. you let yourself go, man. Yeah. And speaking of that, I watched this. Uh, I was a big fan of this weight loss show, right? Mm-hmm. And man, this one girl, she did the she did the half Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually did uh, my wife's makeup too, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, during uh, her way, she didn't even know. She was like, "I think I know who that is." Then she contacted the girl, like, "Oh, that is her." And I was so proud of this woman, man. I was so proud of her. I was like, "I'm gonna look her up and like see what she's doing now." She gained all her weight back. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about if you was to see like her before and where mm-hmm. she was after the show. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, she was gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous like a crazy transformation. Mm-hmm. Let herself go, but then it's like, how is somebody gonna keep up that mentality consistently? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's a pretty. You gotta you know make the I mean? choice. A, every yeah, day. you have to make the yeah every, every day, and that's all. Hard choice, mm-hmm. a hard choice. So, with that being said, I've learned to like be a little, you know, give people a little bit of grace. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, be a little understanding that this isn't a normal thing to do. Like, the things that you do aren't normal. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. everybody can't do it. Everybody can't be an entrepreneur. Everybody can't be you. Like, you're a, a special class of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so talking down on people or looking at people differently for not being you is crazy. You know? Because it's like, say, for, I say if we're talking to a guy and he's a plumber and he loves being a plumber and he has to go in there and smell shit, you know, digging, doing all, you know what I mean? Deal with mm-hmm. feces and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I will throw up if I did that. You know, there's somebody that has to go and clean up, you know, people's you know, like if they die, they have to go in there, pick up their body, their head blown off or mm-hmm. head chopped off. You know what I mean? And they do that every day. Crime scene, Somebody, yeah. yeah, crime scene. Somebody's mm-hmm. a corner, you know, and they have no problem with it. That's for them. You know what I mean? But I feel like the fitness industry, you know, we think that everybody wants to be fit. Everybody wants to be elite. And that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel yeah, like I mean, a lot of people they are. Yeah, you got to meet them where they are. Sometimes you just got to, you know, let them go because it's a very, you know, because people, they're, they're starting to say like, man, how do we keep people going? And I'm like, I mean, honestly, bro, it's, you know, I don't even really expect it. Like, I know I'm a little off. That <laughs> will work out, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. But that's probably like one of the biggest things that I've learned from working with people, man. Cause some people have life threatening illnesses and they want to make a change. I, I give them the program, give them everything. Next thing you know, they quit. And I'm like, bro, it's only been a couple of days. Like I'm trying to help you change your life. What's going on? Not answering, not picking up, you know, have health issues, might, might die, still not caring. I'm like, all right, man. Hey, coach can't, you know? co- can't care more than the client. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, cause you're going to burn yourself out if you do that. 100%. You know, been there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I've been there. Right. Right. So it's like, you know, the you just have to find the people that have that internal push that just wants to push. You know what I'm saying? And 
you know, like I say for me, if I can't go to the gym, I'm in my mm-hmm. garage, you know, I'm doing something, you know what I'm saying? But I just have to know that everybody's not going to be as dedicated as I am, you know? No doubt. Meet them where they are. Sherm, good stuff, brother. I appreciate you. Where do people find you? Militantgrind.com has all of my links um, or Instagram at Daddy Warlock says W-A-R-L-O-C-S. I made it that crazy just so people could remember it and they could actually find me uh, <laughs> or at Militant Grind underscore on, um, on Instagram as well. But MilitantGrind.com has everything. Good stuff, brother. Sherm, appreciate you, brother. I'm I'm a hundred percent certain we'll do this again. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Glad to glad to be on this, man. I really appreciate you making this happen, bro. This has been wonderful. No doubt, we'll do it again. Until next time, Sherm, appreciate you, man. Thank you.